Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ready? Yep. Let's go. Let's laugh. We are imperfect after all. Okay. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Us podcast. I'm Leanne Camilleri. And I'm Lisa Downs. As co-hosts of the Imperfect Us podcast, we will share relatable stories that celebrate that we are perfectly imperfect humans leading perfectly imperfect lives. We will be sharing these stories through open and honest conversations with our extraordinary guests. And together we'll discover practical and evidence-based strategies that will enable us to navigate the constant challenges and changes of everyday life. We are thrilled to share these conversations as we draw on the science of wellbeing and positive psychology, and we uncover the barriers that might hold us back from being our authentic selves and turn them into opportunities so that we can show up more consistently doing what we really aspire to do and who we want to be. We'd like to acknowledge the Wadarung and Ghana people who are the traditional custodians of the beautiful lands on which this podcast is being recorded. We pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and extend this respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples from other communities who are here with us today. So let's get started. Yay. And recording. Patricia Stark is president of Patricia Stark Communications, a personal and professional development firm specialising in public speaking training, media training, body language, communication skills, and performance anxiety relief. She is the author of Confidence, How to Trust Yourself, Tame Your Inner Critic, and Shine in Any Spotlight. Patricia has extensive experience as a health and wellness anchor and television host, national and international news anchor, and has served as a contributor for the History Channel and the Huffington Post. As a guest lecturer at Fordham University and numerous high schools, corporations and women's leadership conferences, Patricia has helped thousands of students and clients find their calm and confidence on stage and screen. Welcome, Patricia. Patricia, thank you so much for joining us today. We would really love to hear about what led you to the work that you do. Well, first of all, Leanne and Lisa, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm thrilled to be here. And I think that what really led me to the work is I began my life as very introverted, uh, someone who did not have a lot of calm and confidence, uh, have struggled with um, anxiety and different things at different points in my life, especially when I was younger and, and going through high school and college. And when I started my career in broadcasting and communications, I was literally working through the fear because I loved the idea of it, but it was terrifying, but it didn't stop me. I kept working through that. And to get to the point of coaching and training, it really happened by accident and organically by helping some associates on different jobs that were going through troubles with communicating and anxiety and just started helping them. And suddenly that ended up turning into a coaching and training business. Wow. Well, it's, it's always interesting to hear a story and how it evolves and, and, and how we come to do the things we do. And, 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 you know, it's that path of self-discovery and that experience of your own 
is so valuable to share with others, isn't it? Yeah, it really has been so rewarding to receive emails or hear phone calls from people telling you that what you've done has almost changed their lives in many ways. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to make it sound so monumental, but people literally have said that. And yeah. it, it really takes your breath away. And I get choked up sometimes when people mm -hmm. reach back out because it's, it's, it's sacred work at that point when you know mm -hmm. that something that you do can have that big of an impact on someone's life. Yeah. yeah. And it gives whole... them that confidence, doesn't it, to, to want to learn more and keep growing and keep improving. Mm. Yes. Yes. And having that growth mindset, I think, is so important to mm. understand that we don't have to be perfect. We can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that if we're always thinking ourselves of ourselves as learning and growing, it gives us so much more flexibility and takes so much pressure off ourselves to try to just have to be a certain way or be just right doing what we're doing. Good enough should be good enough. Yeah. And we love that you mentioned that growth mindset because in <laughs> our science, as a positive psychology practitioners, you know, um, Dr. Carol Dweck, she talks about growth mindset and, and, and how valuable that is in, you know, if we have that fixed mindset, we, we get caught in, um, you know, not being able to think more broadly when we're, we're sort of, you know, really stuck and fixed in, in, you know, how we see the world. Whereas when we have that, that growth mindset, so much opportunity, so much growth comes from that, doesn't it? Absolutely. I hope I can keep growing and learning till I'm 103. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, part of this podcast is actually about us learning as well. So Leanne and I, for quite a long time, um, just kept talking about the same sorts of stories that we were having and then realising a bit of common humanity, really, that we're not alone. Um, we're not indifferent. This is something that happens all the time to probably everybody. And even though, you know, people say it's only about 70% of the population, I think it's probably a lot more than that. But once you start to be aware of it and then you're, you start to question those stories and then you realise that there's another flip side to that and that's where that confidence comes in, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, one of the greatest gifts that I have been given through the coaching and training that I've done is to see firsthand people mm -hmm. alone in the room with me. They could be a famous person. They could be a performer, a singer, an author, a CEO, a very wealthy person, a very accomplished person, mm -hmm. a, a doctor, a physician, you name it. I've had them all in my room and many of them have cried when no mm -hmm. one else is around, putting so much pressure on themselves to either uh, perform in the spotlight, do something that wasn't in their comfort zone, you know, putting themselves out there in a different way than the, they're used to. The gift is to know that everybody is struggling with something. Everyone mm -hmm. has doubts and fears, especially when we're becoming something more than we thought we would be, or mm -hmm. especially when we are um, in the spotlight. You know, so much success happens behind closed doors and in private and at your desk or, you know, in your day to day. And then when you go out there and you have to put it out there into the mm -hmm. world, and especially when that's not your thing, like an author or someone that's a little bit more introverted or someone that, you know, didn't really ever sign up for wanting to have to be in the spotlight, but now has to promote their business or their work or, or you know, get the word out about their services. They just can suddenly feel terrified and all that confidence that they have when they're proficient in their normal work is suddenly gone. I, I've had really burly, successful athletes 
that you would think were the strongest people in the world cry in my room because they expected mm -hmm. instant success that would translate from one proficiency to something that was new. And it just doesn't happen that way. We, that's why we go back to that growth mindset. You need to give yourself time to learn and grow and, and develop into things and not expect instant perfection out of you when you're, when you're doing something new for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And we I can love forget that. that, can't we? We can, we can, that, that pressure on ourselves to, to just expect to have it right first time. We have to understand with that growth mindset as well that we might not always get it right first time. We might, you know, think we might have failure, but but all of this is a gift to learn from. Yes, failure is uncomfortable, <laughs> um, but it's usually where we grow the most. It's yes. usually where we learn what's working, what's not working. I mean, I'm sure that you both know from reading biographies and 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 reading of people's lives, most of the time when you talk to successful people, they will say that there's been numerous failures mm -hmm. over and over until they found that success. And yes. to understand that and to, like we would say in, in broadcasting and being in front of the camera, just it's, it's being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Just get comfortable enough to know that they're called growing pains. They're not called growing giggles. You know, when we're when we're developing and we're becoming more than we thought we would be, it may be uncomfortable and very well most of the time it is. I love your quote actually about that where it says to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, because that's really important and an extra part of being self-aware. It's okay to do that. And that just means you are learning along the way. Yes. You're getting there, but just you're not there yet. <laughs> We're wondering if you'd be able to share a story of when maybe a post imposter syndrome showed up for you or for a client, you're, you know, either or, um, and how you conquered that self-limiting um, belief that arose. Uh, well, more times than I can mention, and we can speak <laughs> hours about all the times it's shown up for me and, and my clients, but quickly for myself, uh, it, really in a strange way, and I didn't expect this, when I got pregnant, I had imposter syndrome. We were having infertility issues. It was very heartbreaking for the longest time. And I can remember finally getting pregnant and going shopping into a woman's maternity uh, shop. And I wasn't really quite showing yet. And I thought that everybody was looking at me. Like I was an imposter walking into this place that I didn't belong there. And I, it was the strangest feeling that I remember having, but it was so strong. So that's one kind of weird time. But another time was when I was first asked to be interviewed on a public broadcasting station, a television show in, uh, in New Jersey. And it was the first time that someone was having me come on as a quote unquote communication expert. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking this was the first time that my two worlds were meeting. I was used to being an anchor or a host or a TV presenter. And then I was this coach and trainer over here, but now I'm actually going on air being introduced as a communication expert. And I thought it sounded terribly self-important. And I felt it was also like, oh my gosh, what if the communication so-called expert makes a mistake communicating <laughs> while being interviewed? Ooh. And my husband said the most wonderful thing to me that I've used a million times with my clients ever since then. He said, you know, you're also allowed to be human. Yes. And that 
opened up the door for me to be like, oh my gosh, he's so right. That if at any time during that interview, something would happen, I'd be like, well, you know what? I'm not perfect either. I'm human. And that's what I tell all my clients to remember as well. So yeah. those were two times that first come to mind for me. But what I can tell you about my clients is almost every single person that I have coached or trained that was invited to become a guest expert for the first time. They could mm -hmm. be a salesperson. They could be a medical professional. You fill in the blank. And now suddenly they're being asked to either speak to an audience mm -hmm. or speak on camera. They all suddenly doubt their skills. They suddenly doubt their professionalism. And I'll have to do an inventory with them and say, okay, let's really like look on paper about <laughs> what makes you the expert. And you don't have to be the best expert in the world. You're the expert of the moment right here and right now. Mm -hmm. And let's kind of look on paper and see how did we earn the right to call ourselves an expert in this situation? And I think once you you say to yourself, I'm not tooting my own horn here. I'm not you know, trying to be uh, the, 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 the expert of all experts here. But if I look on paper and I can say, oh, you know what? I've earned the right to give some good advice here or try mm -hmm. to help people in some way. That goes really far in helping to counteract that imposter syndrome. That's such great um, advice there. And I was just thinking of my own um, self-growth in this area, and that's exactly what you need to hear. Um, when people start to say, oh, you're an expert, you automatically think, but I'm not what you think I am. You know, here's that imposter syndrome straight away. I know I'm not that expert yet, but it's about where you are right now and you still do have things to offer. Yeah, I love that. I think that we we always we're, we're, we are expert at minimizing ourselves and maximizing others. First of all, we're all really expert in that. <laughs> and I think that we're also, you know, if we were raised by, uh, you know, a, a good parents and a good family, usually they're kind of like, oh, don't toot your own horn. Don't be too boastful. You know, there's all that, which is good advice. However, you yeah. need to be able to toot your own horn when you are going out there trying to help others. And hopefully if your intentions are good, you can kind of get over that little bit of feeling of oh this feels icky at first mm -hmm. but you understand why it needs to be done yeah I can so relate to that and and, and as a, as Australians we're a bit <laughs> like you know you don't toot your own horn as <laughs> part of all. our Aussie culture and um it, it and I think that's where part of that comes in you know, when you were talking about you know um, you know, am I the expert? I, I think sometimes I feel like hiding behind my hands, you know, uh, yes, I, I, I should stand in my light and I, you know, should, you know, be really proud of, of, you know, what I know and what I do. But sometimes you just do feel like um, shrinking. What if I say something wrong? <laughs> what if, what if it's not quite right? Or, you, you know, it's funny how that um, inner, um, dialogue can really start playing and and um uh, impacting on how you show up yeah oh it, it sure can and i just had that conversation with a colleague of mine not that long ago because i was dealing with something along those lines and he reminded me of something that i i i should have known but again i'm 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 human as well and and it was such a it's such a credibility booster i think and something that is really endearing for others for someone who is an expert, quote unquote, in their field to allow people to know, look, I'm still on my own journey. I'm still 
struggling some days with my own confidence or calm and confidence because I am not perfect. I am vulnerable. I am flawed. I am still always trying to learn and get more wisdom and, and be here as a student. So I think to be to be vulnerable and to let people know, hey, you know, I don't always have this all figured out either. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I don't. And when you are allowing others to know that you are also a work in progress, I think that really goes a long way with making people want to connect with you even more. Yeah. Well, it shows your vulnerability and that you are human. And in, in actual fact, we're so wired to be perfectly imperfect. It doesn't matter. It's just when we have that fear of, someone's going to find out that somehow I'm not as good as I they think I am, that they think it's very fearful. And so I think that's for us, the podcast is really exploring, well, it can actually be a, a very, very fearful thing and that there will be no change or you can change that lens of how you're thinking and here are the reasons why to just take those small steps forward and keep learning and what, you know, is there a skill perhaps that you just need to do or to learn? I love that. I've, and I was just thinking when you were saying about, um, you mentioned, oh, I can't even remember what it, it was, but it just reminded me of what they call confident humility. And it's where you have the, the confidence there, but you also have the humility to know that, Oh, might not be there yet and as you were saying there's a bit of you're struggling a little bit in that, that area but then you do something to keep growing and learning and I, I love that it just brings that human side in that you know you're doing okay but there's a couple of extra things that you need to um, explore further and learn a little bit more so yes. thank you Patricia yes. we put that pressure on ourselves don't we um, yes we, we can we don't we don't want to be seen to make a mistake in our minds that's the most horrific thing that could happen but but as a participant in an audience if someone makes an, a mistake the 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 reality is you you know that they say oh, oh you know hang on actually correction or you know whatever they say you don't give it a second thought but it's mm -hmm. funny how in our mind you know we can really um you know and it's impacting ourselves it, it really really shows up there Oh, yes. I mean, when I coach people for live television, this is a perfect example. They will be so worried about making a mistake that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's all they're focusing on that. Oh, I can't make a mistake. It's live, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll explain to them that that's the nature of live television. People are editing. Nobody talks like they're scripted in natural life. So why would we be expecting you to sound like that in a presentation or when you're live on the air? And it's more about how you handle a mistake, or if you say something, or you stumble, or you trip up, or, or you give something that's not accurate, the way that you recover from that, just like it's no big deal, and oh, let me correct that, and let me move on, because people most of the time don't even notice mistakes unless you draw attention to it mm -hmm. by having an emotional reaction to it or mm -hmm. by acting like it shouldn't happen. If you just kind of let it roll off your back, like, you know, hey, I'm human, you know, excuse me, I'm going to fix that, and you know, let me. Like, <laughs> going on most of the time they don't even realize that it happened because mm. we're used to listening to imperfect people all day long mm. we all speak naturally imperfectly <laughs> so when people actually are so scripted and so perfect we're it's a turnoff because mm. it's like oh where's the authenticity mm. where's the rawness where is that real conversation and, and human factor here yeah. so don't try so hard to be perfect because actually the, it can backfire and make you less likable. Yeah, I agree. 
And that's that power of um, building relationships too, isn't it? When you are at your authentic self, you're more more likely to to make a better better connections than something where they're still wondering about who are you really? Yeah. It's such a relief to know we're not we're not all perfect, isn't it? Oh no, <laughs> definitely not us. <laughs> okay, we're actually perfectly imperfect, which is you know a good title for us. <laughs> I love. I, and I think that's, that's incredibly accurate for all human beings. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, apparently we're wired to be that way. And I think that's the best thing because if you're not, then you're, you can't adapt and learn and grow. Mm. Um, if you were perfect, then you wouldn't really need to continue learning. So that's wonderful. And if you think you're perfect, you're wrong. You're arrogant or cocky. And we all know how we feel about those people. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Patricia, um, you've written a book on confidence and we would really love to know um about your your confident approach it's it's underpinned by four interlocking pillars and and we were wondering if you could explain what these are sure so when i first started thinking about writing this book i thought that it was going to be a book for people that were going to be in the media, like a media training or public speaking training book, because those were a lot of my clients over the years. And then Mm -hmm. it dawned on me that everybody communicates every day of their lives and everyone wants to do it confidently. And the, the, the theme that kept showing up for all of my clients and students was that they wanted to be confident, whether they were, again, on a job interview, having a difficult phone call, going out into the stage or a conference room or being in front of the camera. But they also still acknowledge that they would get anxiety and try to work through it and sometimes have that fight or flight, sometimes have such a physical reaction that they knew they knew their stuff. They wanted to, they were confident that they knew it, but they needed to find that calm also. Mm -hmm. So that's when those two words kept coming up and I realized I need to blend them together. And that was actually the last pillar of the book where I had the natural remedies and the the mental exercises and and more of the internal work and some of the nature's remedies. And then it dawned on me that no, the entire book is this confidence, but it needed to be in, in four pillars that I felt were foundational throughout whether it was work or life. And I wanted the book to be a hybrid between personal development and professional Mm -hmm. development. So the first foundation was everyday confidence because just walking through life in our everyday lives, we need to find this. So I wanted to identify what are typical confidence killers that most people and most of my clients and students would, would find would haunt them. Then were what were some of those boosters, those confidence boosters that would help counteract that. And then of course, self-care, because how mm-hmm. we're taking care of ourselves, not just eating right and exercising, but your meditation, what, what, what we're doing in our space and, and how we're showing up each day and how we're managing that calm and confidence through our family and work life. Mm-hmm. So those were, that was the first section that I felt was really a foundation of everyday life. Then the second pillar is resilient confidence. 
because we all know that we're gonna have those bumps and bruises along the way. We're gonna get knocked down. We're gonna have heartbreaking things happen to us. We're gonna deal with change. We're going to have to think about what are those things where we can find our calm and confidence that will build our resilience, build our grit, help us get back on our feet again, or perhaps even sometimes retreat and do nothing so mm -hmm. that we can recharge our batteries and then reemerge with force mm -hmm. in a good way. And then the third section, okay. because so much of this was part of my work, was communication confidence. And there's a lot of different sections in there, which starts with the voice of confidence, but the inner voice. Mm -hmm. What is it that we're saying to ourselves? What's the story that we're telling ourselves? What are we visualizing? What are we creating in here? Because everything starts from within that will then impact our external communication skills, our interpersonal skills. Everything starts from what's going mm. on inside first. And then I get into voice and body language and uh, public speaking skills and um, you know, interview skills and all of those more, more hard skills in, in business that you know, we deal with when I, when I work with a lot of my, my corporate clients. Mm -hmm. And then finally, as I alluded to earlier, natural mm -hmm. confidence, mm -hmm. where who doesn't love to hear about a little secret you know, trick from nature or a little nature's remedy that mm -hmm. we might be able to eat or drink or have something that we can drop under our tongue that might take the edge off and mm -hmm. make us feel a little bit more calm and relaxed going into certain situations or just dealing with the stresses of everyday life. And then of course, great mental exercises that we can do to kind of ground us or help us get a little bit of a grip before going into a situation that we might be perceiving yeah. um, as stressful. Yeah. I love those mental um, processes. They really do work, but you need to know them and practice them mm -hmm. and I think what I like about them is when you are aware of those physical things that are happening when you're not confident and you're feeling very nervous, that anxiety comes up, when you become aware of that and then you put those mental exercises in, I find there's such a great, I, I, it just feels like it amplifies the, the benefits for me. Mm. I love those. I really, really love that it's separated into the everyday and the resilient and then and that communication. Well, you know what we should have probably done? We should have had you in to talk to us about communication first before we had our interview. <laughs> no, you're doing fantastic. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, we're trying to be as authentic as we can. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you, you know, uh, that, that everyday confidence speaks to me, um, mm. I guess, in a, from a mindful perspective and understand, you know, when we understand ourselves better, we understand how we might show up or we talk about that inner phone call. We've talked about this before. Um, uh, there's a... Um, when it's too noisy, like yeah. far out, dial it down. <laughs> yeah, dial it down. But, but also, you know, understanding what those little messages are like when we are feeling overwhelmed and stressed you know sometimes if we're not aware of what what they are for ourselves then then it can be overwhelming to experience anxiety if you don't understand that that's what that is so it, it can be um you know how uh, my thoughts might play when i'm feeling um, overwhelmed and and anxious or uh, or under the spotlight so so understanding how that shows up with that um that confidence approach helps us to 
um, really tap into that and, and move forward. And, and then I like, you know, with the, uh, the resilience side of things, resilience, that just speaks to me, you know, in, in relation to our science and, and you know, that, that whole uh, self-awareness piece and that self-regulation and, and you know, having optimism, um, mental agility and, and understanding our character strengths. And I'm pretty sure you mentioned character strengths in your book, Patricia, and, and that is very much our approach. And you know, when we understand how we best show up and what lights us up and, and how we can draw on that, on that within ourselves, but also in others, when we spot that in others, you know, we can have a very different experience. How we communicate the words, the language we use um, between each other and and the natural confidence. I really love that. Um, I I know myself, I I, I draw on lavender. Like if I'm going through an anxious time, I'll put lavender on the end of my, on the bottom of my feet and use my mindfulness practice to go to sleep. But, but, but these are such relatable uh, pillars. Yeah. Some things, you know, people will see in there and they'll know them already. There's some gentle reminders. For me, I try to make it be a guide that you could flip through at different times and different situations. You can read it from beginning to end, or you can just go to one section based on what's happening. And I like to have little guides where I can go back through and be like, oh, that's right. Yeah. A banana is kind of our natural muscle relaxer or, oh, that's right. Dark cherries. I remember when I used to do the overnights doing the news, a lot of people would put them in their shakes because they would be calm and, and a natural source of melatonin. Ooh, that's a good one. Just Didn't know that. Yes, yes, dark cherries. So I just love that, you know, mm-hmm. again, when I read books, I don't mind when there's things that I'm like, oh yeah, I knew that, but you know what? I needed that reminder today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even when you're writing and you're thinking, okay, who am I talking to? You know, you can't be all things to everybody. And mm-hmm. I remember even going through that imposter syndrome, knowing that I was going to become an author. And I remembered have this conversation with a friend and I said, well, you know, what if somebody reads it and they're like, oh, I know all that already, or, oh, this is, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion. And they said to me, well, then the book isn't for them. Mm-hmm. The book is for the people that it's going to help. So mm-hmm. that's always been like in the back of my mind, if I ever get myself into uh, an interview where the person is being a little pointed or and maybe not on their side, you know, my side about my book, I'm just going to be like, well, you know what? I'm so happy that you don't need any calm or confidence. <laughs> You've nailed it. <laughs> well done. Good comeback too. I love that. Mm. I'm just actually thinking um, you were talking a little bit about that internal self-talk before, and I'm just wondering, have you got any advice for our listeners that might be um, listening today to, you know, how can they understand how our internal self-talk maybe impacts on our communication to other people? Yes, absolutely. Well, I talk about in the book, and I always talk about it with my son right now, who's 18. He's just starting his first year in college, and he's playing baseball, and he's going through all of this type of, uh, oh, can I handle this, and and, and dealing with this, and wondering if he can have a peace of mind with this balance. I always say that there is the inner critic, Mm -hmm. who we've talked about, and the inner coach. 
And the inner critic is just that little child in the back of your mind that thinks it's trying to protect you or that's warning you or that's that primitive place. And it's going to think worst case scenario. It's going to think, you know, the sky is falling or maybe you're not this, maybe you're not that. But then there is the inner coach, which is you talking to yourself. So if you don't talk to yourself, your inner critic will certainly step up to the plate and talk to you. And you can't listen to both at the same time. And I know you both know that you can't listen to a positive and negative thought. You can't hold that simultaneously. But when you engage with the inner coach, mm. I'll say to him, how would you talk to a friend if your friend was going through something? How would you build a friend up? How would you make them feel better about themselves? How would you let them know that they can deal with this, that mm. they've got this, that they can overcome this, that they're, you know, that they are of value. Well, that's how you're supposed to talk to yourself as your inner coach and anyone can be their inner coach. And when I send my clients on their merry way and they're about to go on a big national show or something and I can't be there with them, I'll be like, you know what? You now need to take over my coaching and be that inner coach to remind yourself of those things that you now know that mm -hmm. are going to build you up and, and let you know that, that you are capable and that you can trust yourself in this situation. So yeah. I think that- when you can trust yourself through the way that you speak to yourself, mm. then that reflects outwardly to others and they get the sense that they're in good hands with you and that they can trust you because they know that you're in good hands with yourself. Mm. Love that. Really need to uh, walk the talk and walk the walk, so to speak, don't you? And we are so clever at self-destruction or self-destructive comments letting those stories go crazy and we are so so good at, at beating ourselves up saying you know horrible things to ourselves and and thinking that we're not good enough and but everyone else around us has that wonderful confidence in us but still we listen to ourselves and not them it's it's mm. it's funny isn't it it is. But I do that many times to myself. And my and, and again, I'll go back to my husband. He's my best friend. He's a great supporter. He really We, we love him already. What's his name? Brian. <laughs> Hello, Brian. Over 35 years. And you know, he when I get myself like all worked up right before I'm gonna be going to a big job or I'm gonna be going on air doing something, he pointed out several years ago, he goes, You know, you do this to yourself all the time. And I said, What are you talking about? And he goes, This is your ritual. You get yourself all up in this kind of mode because I think you know, or maybe you don't realize that it actually makes you sharper. It makes you ready. It makes you in game mode. It gets you this set heightened sense of making sure you have all your ducks in a row and you think that you're being stressed out and crazy or you know overthinking it, but then you get there and then once you're on, on, on air or once you're in the situation, it's just like, it takes over and you just know what to do again. Mm -hmm. And when he pointed it out to me a long time ago, now when that happens, I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of like the rocket taking off, getting ready to launch. <laughs> there's a lot of combustion, there's a lot of noise, smoke and flames, but it does the job. And then once it gets la la launched, it's smooth sailing. And that's what I do to myself. That is beautiful. I tell you, I also, I'm going to use that rocket one because I know sometimes I do that just before a workshop. I get really, oh, and then all of a sudden I show up in this, hello, everyone, how are you? 
I don't know where it comes from, but anyway, I think that rocket might be my little um, analogy from now on. Thank you. <laughs> but I was just going to say to you, when you talked about that inner coach, I, I work a lot with the inner coach. Without, uh, I work with students, um, young children actually, in schools, and that it's that self compassion piece that's a real game changer. Um, and a lot of the work with um, Kristen Neff is that when we can treat ourselves like a good friend would tell us about those sorts of things, a kind friend and shift that story, I feel like I'm more calm and more confident because I can hear that voice and hear the other story. And it's the most valuable tool I think I've had in a long, long time, especially when that inner critic is so strong. Sometimes that space of sitting in and listening to that, and like you said before with your son, it's that really big inner child from a long time ago, that real very ancient part of our brain that just wants us to be negative all the time but you don't have to sit there you can move it but it's actually hearing it and then making a choice is that actually going to stop us from doing a silly risky thing or is it just totally wrong and the inner coach can have a conversation with us instead Mm. Yes, yes. Like sometimes I've literally said to my inner critic, all right, I hear you, but right mm-hmm. now you're going to go sit in the corner back there because I've got a job to do. And then after I'm done with my job, we'll have a conversation. Pick you up after. Right. <laughs> and you know, speaking about children, like as my son, my son is 18 now, but as he was growing up, I would make sure at different times when he was going through struggles that I always would check in with him and I'd be like, but do you like you? Do you mm. like yourself? And he'd be like, yes. And as long as I taught him to like himself and that I would mm-hmm. make sure that no matter what was happening, that he still liked himself, mm-hmm. I knew that he would be okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that is such an important thing to obviously like and love yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, so, it's so heartbreaking when people don't yeah. because it's, it's, it's the thing that equips you through life to get through a lot of tough stuff. And yeah. when I speak with younger groups of people or students, I will say to them, look, look at your thumb, you know, look at that fingerprint. There is no one in the world that has mm-hmm. that same fingerprint mm-hmm. as you. And that means that no one can touch the world or this life the way that you can. You are unique and you are here for a reason and no one can do what you can do from your perspective, from what happened in your life and with your fingerprint and DNA, it's impossible for anyone to replicate the way that you can touch the world yourself. Such a beautiful thing. Oh, I've never thought of that way, Patricia, that just putting it that way is just so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. We were wondering, Patricia, how we might draw on uh, on confidence um, when that inner inner uh, imposter, that inner self talk is is you know really getting busy there. How how are we draw on confidence? Yes, I think that we are all juggling so many things. I know for mm-hmm. myself, I have an eighty eight year old mom that I'm taking care of and has health issues. My son, as I mentioned, is 18. I run my own business. I have a husband. I have three Shih Tzu dogs. There's a (laughs) lot of moving parts and Mm. we're always busy. And very often we don't give ourselves the gift, which is really the greatest gift. What's the greatest gift that we can give, especially in 
in mem memory of someone, they'll say is, is, is a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. But how often do we give ourselves a moment of silence? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a few times throughout the day, if you can meditate, obviously that is amazing because then you can get the crazy jumping monkeys to maybe calm down for a minute or stop all of that. But even if you just take a few moments at different points throughout the day to just have silence, whether it is a hot shower or taking a walk somewhere or mm -hmm. just closing the door or being wherever you can and just trying to take that deep breath, get a handle on the physical reactions that are happening, try it to clear your mind. And then I think it's also like you mentioned earlier of, of being kind to yourself. Like there's some times that I'll just be like, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. I'm in a bad cycle right now. It's a really, it's a weird lull right now. I, I, I was going through this recently. It's the middle of January. Things have been different and strange because of COVID and after the holidays and, you know, here in, in the States and in New York, where we are, it was like, we were doing great. Everything was getting right back to normal. And then in November, then all of a sudden, December it felt like the rug was pulled out from under us again because of Omicron. And then mm. all of a sudden, you know, the holiday lull happens and now January comes and all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting weird right now. Like I'm in this cycle of starting to think, things that aren't as empowering. I'm starting to go, go into areas where I'm second guessing and having doubt. And I'm like, okay, what's going on right now? And I was like, I need to do something that's going to mix it up and kind of cut this cycle that I, I feel is starting to happen. And as soon as I started thinking that way, a good friend of mine who um, wrote a book called Happiness is a Habit, uh, mm -hmm. she decided she was going to have a vision board get together with just a small group of, of like 12 people. I signed up instantaneously. I got there. I had my magazines. I had like all of these <laughs> things all of a sudden that I just want, I just needed to be there. Whether I got the vision board done or not, I needed to be near other people mm -hmm. that were looking at a clean slate for the new year thinking about the possibilities, thinking about what is uh, possible as far as positivity and goals and visualization. And, and I, like, I needed to find like that tribe, uh, you know, for those, those moments. I spent a, a Saturday doing that. I'm staring at my vision board right now, which I absolutely love, but it really kind of got me out of that funk. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, knowing when you get in that cycle. And also though, sometimes, and I talk about this in the book, sometimes it's okay to sit in that for a little while. Yeah. Give yourself permission. You know what? If you don't want to feel like being happy today and you want to be in this mood of just feeling like blah, like so be it. Like mm -hmm. sometimes it's all right to yeah. feel that way. Yeah. As long as you don't stay there too long. Yeah. And, and then someone at that vision board event came up with something. They said, you know, not all seasons are fruit bearing. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's dormant times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can utilize those slow or weird or down times to maybe plant seeds or invest in yourself in different mm -hmm. ways or practice some self-care that you don't have time for at other times. So it's, I think it's always kind of saying, where am I at? And then also, I, I, and I know that you know this, also a great thing that will derail 
any anxiety and kind of give you that little burst of common confidence is to say to yourself, all right, I need a little gratitude check here. What is going right? Mm -hmm. What am I thankful for? If it's just that I can see this morning and I can step up out of bed and the people I love and care about are okay. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, what else is okay? There's, you can always find something mm -hmm. that is going right and that you can at least be thankful for so that you don't feel like everything is going in the wrong direction. Our producer, Brenton, will be so happy that you talked about <laughs> gratitude because that's his, he loves, he's a school teacher and he, he loves gratitude. Um, but gratitude to some can seem a bit corny, it can seem a bit, um, a bit fluffy even, but there's so much research behind um, that, that, that simple, um, you know, practice of, of how it boosts our positive emotions, how, you know, the more we do it, we train ourselves to, to look for it more and, and, and it helps us to see things in a different light. So, you know, I, I, I so love that. Yes, and as human beings, I think we get more of what we're looking for. So yes. if we're looking for what's wrong, we will see more what's wrong. Mm. If we're looking for what's right, and that's what's so great about gratitude. If you think it's fluffy, just think about a couple of things that you can say, I'm glad for this, or at least this is okay, or you know what, I'm lucky I have that. And when you start looking in that direction, mm. then you're going to start that. seeing more of that. Mm. Yeah. We love gratitude a lot. And I think um, one we use a what's called a learning loop. And one of those, the first question is, is really assessing the situation. So what is working? Well, we start straight off with that. Where am I might be might I be struggling? Okay, well then what do I need to change to to move? And again, there's that little cycle um, of finding out a bit of growth mindset and then adapting if needed, or you don't. And I was just thinking about that beautiful part about it's okay to have those bad days. I know mm. some people think that, you know, you have to be happy all the time. No, if you're happy all the time, you're not living your full life. You know, we have so many emotions. We have sad, glad, mad, jealous, a whole lot of them, and they're all very normal, and that's what humans, you need to experience all of them. But I had a really tricky time um, a little while ago, and I, I, luckily for me, I'd had the science behind me to help me. But I sat in a space of real discomfort. It was horrible. But I made sure that I sat there to find out what it is and what I needed to do to move forward. And I just had two words that helped me the whole year. It was just my two words to take with me. One was permission, and the other one was prioritize. So the permission was if I stuffed something up, oh well. Um, permission if I needed to sleep in, okay. Permission if I just needed to say no to someone. Permission for whatever I needed to do and prioritising myself so that I could be the best mum I could be, I could be the best teacher at school, I could be the best friend. Whatever it was, it was about having some permission. Today's not a good day and it's okay. And I'm going to do something for myself. But two words. So sometimes, you know, having little words in there to help you that it's okay to sit in that like you talk about get comfortable being uncomfortable but don't stay there too long yes yeah, i love yeah. those two words and i think that those two words could help anyone mm -hmm. uh, at any time when you're going through that but i would also like to add here and i do reference this uh, in in a section of the book that you know sometimes 
mm-hmm. gratitude and trying to think the right thoughts and trying to do breathing and exercise and get back. Sometimes it isn't enough if you are in a really bad place. Yes. And I went through a really tough time in my life. And I talk about it in the book where it was just the perfect storm. It mm-hmm. really from all, everything that I could see, every aspect of my life, something was wrong. Something was to worry about. Something seemed bad. Something seemed really hard and it was overwhelming. And I remember I just got such anxiety and started to go into somewhat of a depression because I couldn't see a way out. And it was overwhelming. And it was the first time in my life that I really needed to go talk to a professional. And yes. you know, I went kicking and screaming. And then there was talk of some medication to get me over the hump. And I was just like, no, I can do this. And you know, I don't, and I was afraid and I was angry mm-hmm. and all of those other things. But it's so important to emphasize to people that sometimes we do need professional help. Sometimes Absolutely somebody sometimes we may need a medication to help us manage those things and there is nothing wrong with that and there's no stigma against that and when I started opening up about it to other people I was shocked to learn how many people unloaded on me and said well I just went through the same thing or I was on this medication or I had to talk to this it was like the flood opened and I was like oh my goodness had I not had gone through that I think that so many people wouldn't have felt comfortable to share their own struggles with me and isn't that wonderful um and that comes back to that um compassion that self-compassion piece with Kristen neff is that there are the three pillars for that so there's kindness in there uh, mindfulness but also understanding that common humanity that we are all there and sometimes you can sit in that space and think you are the only one and i know we joke about it on our um trailer don't we Leanne we used to think that it was just us that had this (laughs) but no and I think the more you can talk to people the better but it's up to you I suppose as to how you do that and what what the fit is for you um but I know I for myself in that situation as well I did go and speak to somebody as well although I did talk to a lot of my good friends as well and just talking about it and understanding that it is normal that we all go through the ups and downs and it's quite a variety but there are people there to support you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that's been yes. something that we've been talking about is, you know, we can have it at these imposter syndromes and in a critic and so forth, but when it becomes too hard, sometimes it is really, really, really good to reach out to somebody mm. um, and who, whatever that is for you. Uh, and it's really, really important, but to know that you're not alone and there's always someone there that will support you. Mm, yeah. Thank you for that one. Sure. And so many times, you know, we see people and their lives look perfect and Mm. especially on social media and the things that people put out. But, you know, when you see someone that looks strong Mm. and that they've got it all right there, either it's not necessarily true or you might just be getting them at a good moment. You're Mm. not seeing those struggles and those valleys that we all go through. But when we see people just being so seemingly perfect and and seemingly having it all uh, that might just be the moment in time that you're catching that's one story isn't it or will be like that in the future (laughs) I think you mentioned that in your book um, Patricia you know we see uh, you know one person on Facebook and they've got the happy life and the beautiful car and then there's you know someone else they've got it all together with you know, being organized and all that sort of thing. And and so then we have this pressure, we place this pressure on ourselves because we see all of these things and we think we need to be 
all of these things. But but really, you know, that one person that's getting their, their you know, you know, looking like they've got a perfect life, you know, it, it's it's in one space that we're looking in, but but we see all of these things and we think we've got to have all of them. We can't be all things. No, absolutely. It can be us. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. But, you know, when you when you are someone who has goals and you want to accomplish a lot of things and you know maybe you're putting pressure on yourself depending on your age or where you think you should be and like you said you're comparing this comparing that you you can get overwhelmed by thinking yeah. these are all the things you should have but then we go down to uh lisa your word of prioritize i remember mm-hmm. years ago do you remember when the secret was really popular yeah yeah um, I think it was uh, the guy, uh, his last name was Vital or something. You know, he said, you know, you can have just about uh, anything in this world, but you you can't just like have it all at the same time. Like you have to kind of prioritize and say, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to try for this now and see if I can reach this goal and get to mm-hmm. this place um, first rather than yeah. trying to be it all or do it all or have everything mm-hmm. all at once. And uh, I thought that was just such great advice because especially like when I was working on my book and there were other things that I wanted to achieve, I was just like, you know, know what? You know what? This is going to be my priority right now. That's what I'm going to really put so much of myself into right now and, you know, try to give myself permission to let some other things, you know, go by the wayside. And, yeah. and, and that I made be okay um, for that time being. Yeah. And it just brings that level of humanness back into it, doesn't it? You can't not be a machine. Well, you can't be a machine, I should say. Human is what you need to be. Patricia, other than your own book, um, Confidence, is there another book or a TED Talk or a podcast or even an app that you might recommend to somebody else or to our listeners today? Yes, I'd love reading. I love audio books. I'm always looking for something if I'm traveling in an airport. And some of my recent uh, favorites is I really like Sarah Wilson, uh, First We Make the Beast Beautiful, Mm. a New York Times bestseller. And what I really like about this is it's just really about living with anxiety. Uh, I particularly brought this book because I have some clients and students that really deal with tough uh, anxiety and mm. horrible public speaking fears and even trouble talking with their boss at work. And, and it's something that is prevalent constantly for them. So mm. I wanted to pick this book up and she really, it really is what she's saying is, is make the beast beautiful, make friends mm. with anxiety. Yes. And yeah. don't try to fight it so much. And just know that if you are someone that uh, does have anxiety, you might have to learn to live with it in certain ways and you don't have to fight it so badly. And that in itself can sometimes be very freeing. Mm-hmm. And then another book that I love, and it's an old one, but a great one. And I read it every single year, just because it, it just reminds me of so many things is Gift from the Sea from Anne Morrow Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. And it's just a wonderful book um, written many, many years ago about you know how we as women juggle so many things. There's so many moving parts, as I mentioned earlier, and how just sometimes going away from that to be able to refill your cup and have more to give is so important for your mind, body, and spirit to to, to go somewhere to where you can retreat and and recharge Mm. your bodies and refill your cup. 
I'd like to read that. I haven't heard of that book, so I'm going to go and look for it myself today. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, and Anne Morrow Lindbergh was the uh, author of so many things and the wife of Charles Lindbergh, who was the aviator um, of many, many years ago, if you remember the Lindbergh baby um, oh, and, the, yeah. and all those other things. But she, it, it's from another era, but so, so still mm -hmm. applicable to our today's world you, you will Beautiful. love it it's, oh. it's doggy eared and underlined from ah uh, then i must get it if it's like that <laughs> my reading list is getting longer and longer i have to say so is mine <laughs> um thank you so much for joining us today patricia we have absolutely loved talking with you mm. it's been such a pleasure to have you before we finish up um we would love to know what is one self-care strategy that you are currently using at the moment? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you both so much for having me. I've had a wonderful mm -hmm. time. You're both wonderful interviewers and uh, I loved every minute. I could continue speaking with you for hours. It's a pleasure. Um, <laughs> I would say that a self-care technique that I'm finding myself practicing a lot these days is really being fully present in the moment, in right now. Mm -hmm. Trying not to bring yesterday and tomorrow so much into today. Because mm -hmm. I feel that when you're second guessing and thinking about shoulda, woulda, coulda, what did I didn't do or achieve up until this point? And then you couple mm -hmm. that with, what do I have to try to do coming up in the future? And now also dealing with today, mm -hmm. it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and with COVID and, and with lockdowns and, and with the different people, as I mentioned, between my mom and my son and, you know, all of the responsibilities and so many things that I'm trying to take care of in addition to myself and run a business and help others. I remember um, uh, Dale Carnegie wrote a book many decades ago called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And he talked about the idea of living in daytight compartments that anyone can make it from this morning till tonight, if that's all they're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to chunk that down with my clients to make it be in hour tight compartments or minute tight compartments, especially if they have something coming up that they're dreading, that they're worrying about. So I'm trying more than ever to practice what I preach and really fully be present in each moment, appreciate just that moment and not try to live in my mind elsewhere so much. Um, and really just be here and, and right now. And mm -hmm. that lately has been helping me with my own calm and confidence tremendously. Mm. That's such a lovely strategy. I have loved our conversation. What a beautiful woman. I felt mm. so calm and confident yeah. in her presence. Yeah. She just had so many gold moments, Leanne. Oh. Did you, what were some of your favourites? Oh, well... I one thing that I took from that it was an aha moment uh you know around the coaching piece and how you know when we're coaching others one of the most important things to to do is to um give that silence you know that silence is so powerful it from a coaching yeah. perspective but I didn't think about silence from that inner coach perspective of, you know, sitting, I think I know it, 
but 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 I didn't think of it in, in uh, how important it might be to to sit in that silence and and um, you know allow those thoughts, allow it to, those perspectives to to arise. Yeah, she talks a lot about you know getting comfortable being uncomfortable mm. um, but then there's that fine line in that silence too that you don't want to be there too long if it's going to be really negative um, talk at you yes. you know that can be that can start to be you know not good for you and a bit more harmful but yeah. then when you emerge from that to say okay well how can I now explore that in a coach approach where you're much more of a friend to yourself and you, you're bringing on all of that self you know Kristen Neff's um, self-compassion work on being kind to yourself having meditate you know meditation or mindfulness where you're really just calming your whole body but also knowing that you're not alone in this a lot of people this is this common humanity we all have stories that don't really serve us and we can shift that to okay well what's another's perspective and what would a kind friend tell us actually you know there's a different story i love that I also really liked her um, her self-care strategy, just about being a bit more present in life. And I know, you know, the world is so crazy at the moment and we feel like we're juggling so many balls in the air, but you can't keep juggling them all. Um, and I think that being kind to yourself and having that compassion to just be present with what you're doing now. And that brings me back to what about Craig um, Hassid's um about he was talking about when he was cleaning the dishes and he was so um thinking at the same time as cleaning the dishes dishes because it's a simple task but he was thinking about a presentation and you know he's getting all wound up and then he realized he had gone out of presence and into thinking probably ruminating about something he didn't need to Mm -hmm. and then he brought himself back in the moment what am i doing now i'm being more present um you know i think that's such a powerful tool for us What a woman. I love her. And thank you for listening to the Imperfect Us podcast. As always, we are extremely grateful for our executive producer, Brenton Ainsworth, for helping us to put this episode together and the incredible music throughout the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you care about. And we would be grateful if you could rate this podcast on iTunes. If you know someone who has a great story to share about how to live with imposter thoughts, then please get in touch with us. To find out more about Leanne and Lisa, we welcome you to connect with us on LinkedIn and our socials. Bye for now. Bye for now.